Our text today is a gospel reading from Matthew chapter 1. We'll begin in verse 18. I invite you to follow along on the screens or in your Bibles if you brought those with you today. As we read this text this morning, as we think about hope in the unknown. Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be pregnant from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to divorce her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had given birth to a son, and he named him Jesus. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. And now, God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts joined together be acceptable to you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, as we gather today in this warm, well-lit sanctuary, and those of you gather with us through the wonders of technology and the internet, the sun is setting on a cold and darkened Ukraine. On February 24th, almost 10 months ago, Russia invaded Ukraine in a major escalation of Russian aggression, which began back in 2014. And although numbers, exact numbers, are not known and won't be known, thousands of Ukrainian soldiers and civilians have been killed, over 437 children have died, and over 1 million Ukrainians have been displaced by this war. Undoubtedly, the exact numbers are much higher than this and include thousands of Russian soldiers as well. Several months ago, Russian drone attacks have severely damaged power grids in major Ukrainian cities, turning off the lights and the heat for Ukrainians as they enter these bone-chilling winter months in what must seem like a never-ending nightmare. Pastor Yelise from our partner church in Lviv, Ukraine, told me this last week that their only goal right now is to survive the winter. Simply survive it. Find ways to stay warm. Find ways to house more refugees. Find ways to feed mouths and wipe tears and in the midst of all the unknown that they face, hold on to hope. On this eve of Christmas, in the dead of winter, Ukrainians are in what is known as a crucial moment in a war conflict. Research suggests that that ninth or tenth month, which is where they find themselves today, is a crucial moment. The crucial moment of disappointment, 
of fatigue, of persistent uncertainty as they face this war that has lasted far longer than they ever expected or anticipated. This war rages on and it's unknown to them when or even how it will end. Hope in the unknown. How do Ukrainians hope when their lives have been turned upside down and they find themselves in the place they find themselves today? How do we hope when we watch from afar this brutal injustice and feel helpless to do anything about it? How do we hope when our own lives are turned upside down? How do we hope when we can't see or understand what God is doing? Joseph knew a thing or two about having a life turned upside down. Before this angelic vision in our passage today, Joseph was certain about several things. Joseph was certain about the plan. He and Mary were betrothed, which is the first step in a two-part Jewish marriage process. It's much more than an engagement than we think of. Mary is legally the wife of Joseph, and the relationship now can only be dissolved by death or divorce. The spouses do not live together, nor are they intimate together. And at almost a year in, then the husband will bring the wife into his home, and they begin married life together, thus completing the second part of the two-part Jewish marriage process. So in our story today, Joseph and Mary are in the first part. They're not living together, but they are considered married, and the community would have considered them married. Joseph was certain, as a good Jewish man, of this process and plan, until he wasn't. Joseph was certain of the person. He was most likely very familiar with Mary's family and with Mary. He was aware of their history, their faithfulness, their good Jewish standing. Joseph would have been certain of Mary's character, or most likely a betrothal will never have happened in the first place. Joseph was certain of the person that he was married to until he wasn't. And Joseph was certain of the practice. In the first part of this marriage, Mary's pregnancy was revealed before they ever had lived together. And as a righteous Jewish man, a respecter of the laws of God and his culture, Joseph was now stuck between a rock and a hard place. See, it appears Mary has broken the laws of the culture and religion and the the laws of God. And so Joseph now has basically two choices in his obedience to this practice. No matter how much he loved Mary, he either needed to bring her out into the public and confess her adultery, which could result in her death, or Joseph could quietly divorce her. And the Gospel of Matthew tells us that Joseph was resolved to quietly divorce her as an act of obedience to the practice, as well as tempered with mercy. Joseph was certain of what was required of him until he wasn't. Verses 20 through 21 say this, But just when Joseph had resolved to do this, to quietly divorce her, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, 
Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. As author Bob Goff wrote, be patient when it gets weird with God. The angels explained things to Joseph after he talked to Mary, not before. Before the angelic vision, Joseph was resolved to do what he thought was right and expected of him. Yet God interrupted and commanded something completely different than the norm. Do not be afraid, Joseph. My plan is greater than the law. In a matter of days and in a single dream, God takes all of Joseph's certainties and he turns them upside down. The plan, the person, the practice, all that was once known is now unknown. All that was once certain is now uncertain. I think many of us can relate to that with Joseph, right? We're certain of the plan till we aren't. We're certain of people and relationships until we aren't. We're certain of our beliefs and practices until we aren't. We're certain of our job and our health and our future until we're not. And something happens over time or even overnight that takes all of our certainties and turns them upside down and exposes the truth of where our hope and trust have been all along. In a world that demands certainty, God wants trust. In certainty, it leaves no room for God to do the unexpected, the weird, and to be greater than we could ever imagine God to be. When Joseph woke up, he had a choice. Would he trust God in the unknown, or would he demand certainty and place his hopes and plans and people, and practices. When we awake to the unknown around us, what or who will we trust? Verses 24 through 25 tell us that Joseph woke up and decided to trust God. It says, when Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had not marital relations with her until she had borne a son. And he named him Jesus. Like Mary, the angel led Joseph out of certainty into holy confusion. The way that God was leading Joseph now was different from how Joseph had been taught to act. And what he was invited to be a part of set him up to be ridiculed and judged by the community who would in no way believe the story they were about to tell. Yet Joseph and Mary said yes to a lifetime of wondering and confusion and the unknown by saying yes to God's invitation to trust rather than certainty. If we say yes to God, we, like Mary and Joseph, may very well be invited to a life of wonder and holy confusion because God invites us to trust, not certainty. Pastor and author William Sloan Coffin wrote this, It is terribly important to realize that the leap of faith is not so much a leap of thought as of action. 
For while in many matters it is first we must see, then we will act. In matters of faith it is first we must do, and then we will know. First we will be, and then we will see. One must, in short, dare to act wholeheartedly without absolute certainty. One must dare to act wholeheartedly without absolute certainty. See, before and even after Joseph said yes, he wasn't given all the information. He was told what to do next. Mary, Mary, and name the baby Jesus. And Joseph may have wanted to know more, but he probably couldn't handle more at that time. Joseph's leap of faith allowed him to serve his wife's holy calling, while also leaning into God's calling in his life to be the earthly father of Jesus. Joseph dared to act wholeheartedly without absolute certainty because he trusted God above all things. Advent, as we mention often, is a season of waiting, but it's active waiting, not passive waiting. This is a season where we're invited and reminded to be people who dare to act wholeheartedly without absolute certainty, because our hope is in God, not our plans, not people, not our practices. God kept God's promise to bring the Messiah, and God continues to keep God's promises even when we do not understand and we can't see where God is leading us. We take leaps of faith with God, where we do before we fully know. And perhaps like Joseph, we'll be invited to help serve someone's calling as we discover our own calling in God's wonderful kingdom reign. Now, one way this church has served someone's calling is by serving the calling of Ukrainian churches. Ukrainian believers who want to be faithful to be the church in time of war. From the first day of this war in February, this church has been supportive of our, of our Ukrainian brothers and sisters. To date, we've given over $54,000 to our partners in Ukraine. We've sent cards and encouragement, and we are faithful in our prayers. Because of the war, Disciples Church, the church that we helped plant in Lviv, they looked at their building and decided that they needed to house refugees. Now, when they bought this building several years ago, that was not the plan or the dream at all. And when some from our church went there in 2018, we toured this building they had just purchased and we gathered for prayer outside the doors, we had no idea what was ahead for this church. Now, since the war, God's given them a dream, a new dream to respond to what the present brings to them. And they said yes. When Yelise shared with our missions leadership team about the plan, we wondered, is it smart to send money to help with the structure when Russia was actively destroying structures? But we took a leap of faith with them And we said yes. We supported their calling, even though the future was uncertain. Yelise sent us a video not too long ago, and I wanted to share it with you this morning. Dear sister Melissa and dear 
Jefferson City Church. My name is Yelisei Pronin and I know that you know my name because every day I feel your presence in our ministry and every day I feel power of your prayer. And today I want to say thank you for your love. Thank you for your generous support of our ministry. Thank you for your partnership. Eight months of the war, we accept people from the eastern part of Ukraine, refugees, people who lost everything. Every day we provide beds for almost 100 people. And every day we provide them three meals per day. And it's possible only because your participation, because your prayers and because of your support. Thank you for your partnership, because through this we were able to buy these beds. We were able to buy uh, heaters. We were able to buy food to provide meals for our refugees. With your support, we were able to buy these nice uh, new rooms. And we built, rebuilt our roof. And now we have five living rooms and also we have restrooms, additional restrooms and additional showers. And I'm very inspired by your faithful support. And I want to say thank you again. And I wish God bless you. And my hope is we can, we could continue our cooperation for kingdom. And my hope is I will be able to visit you and see you personally and say thank you and my third hope is you can be uh you could you will be able to visit us and see this uh this great and powerful ministry you already participated god bless you from ukraine Yelisei pronin and disciples church among the darkness in ukraine the light of Christ shines bright. The Baptist World Alliance reports in Ukrainian Baptist churches, the largest Protestant group in a mostly Orthodox nation, that they recorded 20,000 first-time visitors to their churches this year. They celebrated 2,300 salvations and commissioned 40 new pastors. The broader Baptist family in that region has helped welcome over 1 million displaced Ukrainians, providing food and shelter and hope in the unknown. Pastor Yelisei wrote to me last Friday and he said this, the greatest joy is of course, the repentance of new people. Yesterday I had a conversation and prayer with two more men. They both accepted Jesus. It makes me very happy. May this be good news for you and your community. Because the darker the night, the brighter the stars shine. The repentance of people for me is like the birth of a new star, amazing and wonderful. Our Ukrainian friends continue to teach us what it means to hope in the unknown. Over the past almost three years, this church has been through constant change after a long period of stability. The death of our lead pastor and many saints of this congregation, the move and retirement of beloved pastors as well. 
our plans and people and practices have changed. Our plans and people and practices in our own individual lives have changed as well. There seems almost to be as much unknown as known these days, as much uncertain as certain. This and every Advent, we celebrate the truth that God is with us in the unknown. And we continue to hope for what lies ahead, a final healing of the world that is not within our control. But until then, we do not despair. We do not cling to certainties. We choose to cling to and trust God and to do our part to make this world as much like the kingdom of God as possible until that final healing. We continue to be the light of Christ that shines bright in the darkness. As we walk together now towards Christmas and into the new year, may we continue to be people of hope. Trusting God is still at work, proclaiming Christ is our hope for the world, even in the unexpected, the unexciting, and yes, even in the unknown. Thanks be to God. Let's pray together. God of hope, we come today, some of us with heavy, heavy hearts, feeling lost and uncertain about the future and even the present. Even when we don't feel it and we can't see it, we want to choose to trust you. And so we ask that your spirit would give us strength and courage to persevere through the challenges that we face. And to have faith, God, that you are working behind the scenes for good and for your kingdom. God, strengthen and protect our Ukrainian brothers and sisters during these crucial moments of the war. Give us wisdom of how we can serve their calling to shine their light in the darkness. And now fill us, God, with your love and hope and joy and peace as we wait and live as the people of God, proclaiming Christ, our hope for the world. Amen.